Barwon Heads Football and Netball Club and the Beach House at Barwon Heads are very proud to bring you episode 21 of The Trail on the Wing. There is no doubt debated every football club about who their greatest player is, and Barwon Heads is no different. And in the last few years, with the centenary approaching, that conversation is way more common. There's never going to be total agreement on who that player is. However, there is one name that is mentioned in every conversation, and that name is Dennis Johnson. Like a number of other Western Suburbs lads, Dennis first came to Barwon Heads seeking surfing opportunities. Known simply as Jono, or DJ, Dennis was a rover, an exquisite reader of the game, with sublime skills either side of the body, poison balance with the ball, he was an artist. He won five best and fairest for the club, two ash medals for best and fairest in the league, he's a life member, and was an instrumental player in the famous three in a row premierships in the early 1970s. He was not only a champion player, but he is an even better bloke, and was popular with the supporters, his teammates, and his opposition. Both Nipper and I have idolised him since we were very young boys, and had the pleasure of playing football with him when we got a little bit older, and we make no apology for that being evident in this episode. Dennis played footy for the fun and camaraderie of the game, and has a great love of the club, and enormous gratitude for the people who made it possible for him to play the game he loved at the club. We hope that you will enjoy our chat with Dennis Johnson. I come to a stop at the top of the ridge G'day everybody and welcome to the Trail on the Wing. I am Teddy Donnell and I am at the Beach House again. We haven't been here for a while. I'm joined by a very special guest and we're very excited about him being here. It's not going to happen for a few minutes so he's not going to speak because we've got a couple of things that I want to go through with Nipper just very quietly before we start and briefly if we can Nip. Yes. And I'm joined by my co-host, a man who recently passed 5,000 runs in BPCA cricket at the Bowen Heads Cricket Club. Um, not a lot of people will know that. Mm. You snuck up on it in twos and threes over a period of time and I did. Managed, to, uh, managed to get past it. I got past it with a scorching cover drive. It did, which was captured on video. It was, well and we'll done. Feature, and we'll feature uh, prominently in videos of the of the season, I can tell you that. Hmm. Nipper Highland, how are you going? I'm really well, Teddy, and I'm excited to be back here at the Beach House with one of the nicest beers I've ever tasted for a long time, the local Bowenheads Brewery Mid-Strength. I had a couple at the footy club the other afternoon. That was fantastic. And uh, these are great too. So uh, it's just good to be out and about again and, you know, getting involved in a, what we used to call a normal type of life. So, um, yeah, it's great to be here, Teddy. There's just a little bit of housework that I want to go through because we haven't been recording and we haven't been to air for a while. We did have a week, and I can't remember exactly when it was, but all these three things all happened in the same week. People will remember the names and they'll know about what we're talking about. So, unfortunately, we lost in the same week from the Bowen Heads community. Danny Murphy, we did. who is well-known yep. to many people at the Bowen Heads Footy Club, yep. uh, especially through his, his association with the tin, tin Shed, but he also worked for many years as a painter around the place. So a lot of builders and that. My dad knew him very well and spent a lot of time with him. 
um, and also a bit of time at the Ocean Grove Golf Club. So Danny was quite sick for a long time and is now at peace and um, had... Sorely missed. And sorely missed, yeah. He's a great fellow, Danny. Loved to chat. Very much loved to chat. And would and you, in your capacity as the president of the cricket club, would have been um, on the receiving end of many of Danny's ideas. He was an ideas man, wasn't he? He was, and he was a very staunch advisor too. Yes, he was, yes. yes. We also lost in that week... A former guest on our show, a life member of the Bowenheads Footy and Netball Club and a past president of the Bowenheads Football and Netball Club, Simon Lont, who died suddenly, even though he's, he'd had his battles with, uh, with illness over a period of time, but um, it was quite sudden and shocking that he actually yeah. did pass he'd away. He'd just been for a walk down the street and came, down, came home and... That was it. Yeah, so, so uh, very sad, sad that we day. lost Simon. Um, it was great that we did actually catch up with him um, because we did have a period of time there where we <laughs> we were planning to have people on the show and they actually stepped off the mortal coil before we could get to yeah. him. So no, that's right. Yeah. It was good that we got hold of Simon and this was a great episode if you want to go back through the back catalogue and have a listen. I did post at the time of his passing on Facebook that and there were 130 listeners to that episode in the couple of weeks after Mm. he passed so people did remember him and were interested in his story the other person that we lost was a guy who played at the bowen heads footy club i don't think he played a lot of footy but he did play and that'll come out later he played a lot of tennis he played a little bit of cricket but he played mostly music at the footy club a bloke named trevor bishop and i don't usually tell people what the music's going to be in the podcast but the music that they've just heard in the introduction was played by Trevor Bishop at the request of our guest tonight Ooh. because he was a good mate of his and we might actually hear a couple of Trevor Bishop stories in the tree on the wing tonight. So we have a very special guest and he's one of the people who you and I spoke about often and people often ask, why haven't you had this fella on the show yet? And I keep saying to people, we wanted to get good at it before we got the really good people on. <laughs> that is no reflection on anyone we've had on previously, but we didn't know how this was going to go, did we? And we didn't know no. if we'd get any no. good at it. So no. fortunately, we've got okay at it. And I'm going to let you introduce him, Nip. So yep. take it away. We're just having a bit of a chat earlier on, and it's, it's really great to have this guest with us tonight. I just like being in his company. But anyway, in his working life, he was a fireman. He loved his surfing. He uh, came down from the western suburbs to surf with his mates. He liked the place, got roped into playing football, but I believe he went across the bridge and spoke to them. They didn't want him because his hair was too long, so he came over to Bowenheads. He married a local girl. He was a handy cricketer. He was a very good golfer, played tennis very well too. Um, He was a fantastic footballer. And that's what uh, obviously brings us here tonight. He won three flags in a row in the senior team in the early 70s. He won a couple of league best and fairest, club best and fairest. He was ranked number five in the Ballerine Footy League's best ever players. He's described as the Ballerine Football League's first ever pin-up boy. He still surfs. He's a man about town. He is an absolute ripper bloke. As I said, I love spending time with him. Welcome to the tree on the wing, Dennis Johnson. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Of all those accolades, uh, 
well not deserved. Not 100% uh, sure they're, they're all true, but anyway, yeah, I'll uh, well, go along with it. I, I did neglect to mention your life membership too. I had written it down, but yeah. I couldn't read because I didn't have my glasses on the right spot. I only just remembered it briefly yeah. uh, when we were talking earlier. Good to but have it, you, Jono. Uh, thank you it very is much. fantastic Thanks, to have Matt you. And Russell. Dennis, appreciate um, being here. you were, were both a, a hero and a, and a mentor to us as, as young men. Um, we didn't, I didn't play a lot of footy with you. Nipper played a bit more. But my memories of my first game, my fondest memory of my first game, you're involved with. And um, I've told that story before about Phil Stevenson was on. He kicked about eight and I got pushed down to a forward pocket. And Steve-O led and I led back into the goal square. You saw me. I got a little wink and a smile from you and realised you were going to kick it to me. Not to Steve-O, who kicked eight already. And um, you kicked it to me and Steve-O's man dropped off him and knocked it away from me but that was my first taste of senior footy and you were involved in it and the, and the big smile and the wink is the thing that I remember most about it Oh well you've got a better memory than I have anyway I'm, well, glad, I, I'm glad I was involved in it I don't expect it. that you'd remember something that happened in a, in a bloke's first game but I do hey, Thanks Matt It was a pleasure, to, it was a great honour to play with you to get to play with the guys you and Chucky and Marshy and those blokes, although I played because Marshy didn't play that day, I wore his jumper. But yeah, they're, they're some of the, my, well, they're my earliest memories of senior footy. So, and my, some of my earliest memories of footy at the footy club. I appreciate that. So, John, um, we haven't done this for a while, and Teddy's just sort of skipped over one of his main things that he does. And that's uh, the first and probably only question you ask you, we ask you. Um, and I'm probably stealing his thunder because he's probably going to move into oh, yeah. that anyway. But what we want to know is, Jono, why you first came to Bowen Heads and when was it? Uh, 1970 and I came down because it was a, a friend of my brother was surfing down here and he knew Chuka. Everyone knew Chuka, right. So, and I wasn't no intention of playing footy and right. uh, mainly came down to surf and... It was through Chucky's influence that I was keen to, to play footy. Oh, that's good. So who was, who was coaching in 70? Was it... Um, Phil Mullins. I was going to say yeah. Phil, yeah. And a really great bloke. Yeah. Which yeah. made it uh, even better. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, what uh, teammates were running around then? Oh, besides Chucker, there was uh, Marshy, all the Peter Lindsay, the Lindsay's, oh, Terry Lindsay, you could, the Fries, yeah. the three Fries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chucky actually, yeah, he wasn't playing the first year I came here. He was, he was at, still in, in at Geelong West. Yeah. Tell us about your background as a, as a kid. You know, did you play much footy? And if so, where? And uh, were, you, were you really good at it? Uh, I had a lot of skill as a kid, but I, uh, I sort of grew up in a, a, a fairly... I, was, I grew up in a housing commission area of, uh, on the corner of... You know, on the... Uh, uh, edge of Braybrook and, and, and Maidstone and Footscray. Yep. Okay. But, wow. There's another one. Yeah, yeah. we've got a lot. We've got yeah, a, we few. a few, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Yep. Played, uh, and I sort of, you know, played a lot of footy, you know, like as a kid just mucking around because we didn't play in teams or anything like that then. Yeah. But about the age of 10, I got, uh, I ended up getting a, a collapsed lung. So I was, at, I was out of action for about three or four years in and out of hospital. So I didn't play much footy until I was about 15. Did you get the collapsed lung playing footy? No, I, I had I had a whooping cough and oh, that just okay. developed into a collapsed lung and yeah, and so I was uh, in and out of hospital for about four or five years and but after that I 
you know, he came out and I was keen to play footy, but I was a very, very uh, undernourished person because of the having a collapsed lung. Mm. Wow. So I suppose um, the surfing and that would have helped you build up yeah, lung capacity right, yeah. and strength and that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, I did lots of swimming uh, as a young kid. Went to swimming club, all that sort of stuff. And what was the connection with surfing, John Oak, from a kid from Braybrook? How do you end up down at Bowen Head surfing? Uh, that mate of uh, my brother's, uh, his name was Patrick Fian. Uh, he, he seemed to be keen on surfing, and he, he just we just tagged along. He only recently passed away, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember Chooker posting about that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, oh, well, a quiet assassin, we used to call him. He, he, he's a very smooth-looking dude, but he, uh, well, he he put the fear in everybody playing footy. The footy oh, club owes, owes him a lot by uh, getting you down here. So, um, yeah. Yeah, well, all the boys followed then. It was, you know, me, the Inglefields, McClellans, uh, oh, Nico, because mm. Nico lived next door to me. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah, when I, yeah, he, 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 moved, he moved in there as a, a young kid out of an orphanage. He came in next door to us and, you know, a better neighbour you couldn't want. Well, Don't want to have you. He's a, he's a fantastic fella. Mm. Yeah, and that's why, why he came down here and that's why he started surfing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You would have had the best footy team in the street. Oh, we did. Good street football team, yes. Mm. Mm. How's that? Would you, could you ever imagine that, you know, um, the odds of that happening, that two blokes that live in western suburbs of Melbourne next door to each other travel all the way down to the coast to a little village, play football, um, be regarded as two of the best footballers in the club. Certainly the most remembered. Yeah, and both very famous for the number they wore. Yes. Same number. Same number? Mm. Yeah. Well, that was that was the question I was going to ask, DJ. Yeah. Well, actually, you've, you've asked one of my questions. You wore number yeah. one? Or did That's you always wear number one? Uh, yep. 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 Well, I vaguely remember you wearing number six in the year, one year when, when Nico was playing, mm. when Chockey Walsh was coaching. Oh, yeah. Well, that's my vague yeah, memory. I, I remember yeah, a six, and I reckon I remember, and I, it could have been a practice match or something, but I reckon I remember what you were you're number 41 at one stage. No. I'm not sure of that, but I... <laughs> it could have been a practice match. Yeah, might yeah, have yeah, just yeah, been yeah. training. But I, I wore number one when I first came down because no one else wanted to wear number one. Yeah. So uh, that's why... I and I am going to pinch one of your questions, Nipper, that yeah. you always ask because you pinch one of mine. Did you ever have a nickname? No, not really. Jono. <laughs> just Jono. Yeah. And DJ. Yeah, DJ or Jono. That yep. was it. I had a nickname in the fire brigade, but... Uh, Oh really? Only Paul Lewis would have would have known that one. He's a Chicken George. Oh really? Yes, <laughs> bloke from Roots. Uh, t- yeah, George. yeah, there's a long story behind that. But oh, I, right, eh? I won't go into that one. <laughs> we'll have to get that one out when we uh, get the Lewis brothers on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's good. So you uh, you were a fireman while you're playing footy down here. Uh, early days I wasn't, no. no. Well, early days I was uh, a sales sort of delivery driver. Okay. With yep. a biscuit company. Oh, right. Yeah. Biscuits. Yep. Delivering biscuits? I delivered biscuits and uh, had a little company van which we'd bring down with the surfboards and <laughs> oh, yeah. it fitted a lot of people in the surfboard. <laughs> that, um, that would have been a good nickname. Biscuits. Bickies. Biscuits, yes. Bickies yeah. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, it's never too late for a nickname to stick. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Yeah. So when you first when you first arrived at the footy club, 1970, yep. 
how were we going? What 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 sort of nick were we in as a footy club? Uh, well, I could, I'm not sure because I didn't play until about oh, probably about halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. But I played in a practice game early. Like I'm not too sure whether it was before the season. That's that's when I first got interested in playing, and I I got conned into playing. I didn't have any any, any gear whatsoever, and I ended up borrowing gear from a guy called Ali Bomb. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm about four foot tall, and he's about nine foot tall. How did you fit into that? That's exactly. Yeah, that's another one. Ask Chooker about that. Actually, he, he may have something similar with his first game to yours, Nipper. Yeah, his well, shorts had to be pinned up. My first game of football ever with the club as a young bloke, um, I had to wear my brother's white shorts, and they just kept falling down. So I ran around for the first half with them hooked up by my hand. Mm-hmm. Until at half time, the saviour Cyril Watson came along with a big safety pin and pinned them up. Well, very similar because uh, you know I think Ali Bombs. About a size 12 boots and monster person. And there yeah, I virtually had these pants hanging around my knees. And You weren't wearing his boots. I did, yeah. I wore <laughs> everything he had. And I can verify that. It's oh, with, with wow. Chuka. Yeah, Chuka, Chuka's the one that he keeps reminding me about that. He's a, uh, he's a, he was a very big man. Yeah. Hey, you know what we haven't done? I asked Jono to do two truths and a lie. Oh, yeah. We've, 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 gone, we've skipped right over that because we're, we're a bit excited, aren't we? We are. About being <laughs> a, having Jono on the show. Yeah. So I'll let you run through your two truths and a lie with us, Jono, because that's going to bring us uh, bring us around a bit oh, later. Goodness. They'll, they'll all be before I came down here. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Even more. And I thought I'd do it in a, a chronological order, you know, from uh, the youngest to, you know, yeah. when I was about 16. They all involve, you know, what I used to do at school, more or less. So, do you want to hear the first one? Yeah. I was, uh, oh, probably about, well, I went to a Christian Brothers College and I wasn't uh, that fond of the Christian Brothers. So I used to wag school a lot. So uh, a friend and I, we actually, uh, you know, decided to wag school quite often, but uh, this particular time we wagged school, we... We uh, boarded a train at Spencer Street Railway Station, and uh, we didn't. We weren't sure exactly where we were going, but we ended up in uh, Benalla. Oh wow! And when we got to Benalla, we did, we, again we weren't sure where we were going, so we uh, wandered around in our school uniforms. And uh, a bloke in the signal box at uh, Benalla Signal Box uh, Railway Station saw us wandering around and uh, brought us into the signal signal box and uh, sat us beside the fire. Explained to us, you know, that we shouldn't have been where we were, and phoned our folks. And next morning, we stayed overnight in the beside their fire. Oh, yeah. And next morning, we we yeah. arrived back in Melbourne. The old man come and pick me up. <coughs> yeah, sort of with mum. What an sort exciting of, trip? Yeah, we, and, but yeah. how old were you? Uh, I was uh, about fourteen, about thirteen or fourteen. What was the reception like from mum and dad? Uh, not very impressed. Uh, <laughs> I think they got. I'd, I'd actually be. It's a hard thing because I, where I grew up was you're often sort of uh, running away from home quite often down, you know, for, for one reason or other. So I, that was just the, 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 the pinnacle of the, of the events. So oh, that's okay. where I ended up, yeah. The cream on the, 
the icing, or whatever oh, they call it, the icing on the on the cake. So that's number one. What's number two? Vanilla at the Vanilla Station. Mm. Yep. <laughs> number two. Uh, I was a, again. It involved uh, sort of wagging school, but uh, I sort of did this on my own, and it was a, about year ten, I think it was. I was uh, used to end up again at the. Spencer Street Railway Station. I had a bit of a fascination with trains because my father was a, a train driver. Oh, okay. So I ended up there and I went, didn't go to school for the whole... I reckon I didn't do a, a first or second period of school for, the, for, I reckon, the whole 12 months. And I was just spent the whole time at Spencer Street Railway Station just reading books. And then when the exam time came around, we had to sit external exams in, in Year 10 at, in those days. And I ended up getting uh, top marks in uh, English and Latin. <laughs> so uh, Ed, without, without Ed, attending one of their classes, that is young geography. Not bad, but you would have uh, known all the stops on the Lilydale yeah, line, yeah. and I was good at Australian uh, geography. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that. That's about as far as I'll go with <laughs> number yeah, two. Yeah. And number three, it, it involves me getting my teeth knocked out, my three front teeth, and I was a couple of years older. Yeah. Uh, I was wandering around Footscray at, at an unearthly hour and uh, some blokes jumped out of a, a telephone box and uh, you know, there was about four or five of them, maybe a few more, and they set upon myself and a friend of mine and, uh, and in, instead of standing the ground and sort of you know, deciding to fight, the guy I was with was a very fast runner. So he took off like a, a rabbit and uh, when I saw him take off, I followed him. And uh, when I followed him, he jumped over a fence, I jumped over a fence, and as I jumped the fence, I accidentally hit the back of his shoe, his boot, and knocked my front teeth out. So, <laughs> so it wasn't the fight, it was the running. No, it wasn't the fight, it was the running. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. So that's, Whereabouts was that, in Footscray? Yeah, it was in Footscray, yes. Well. They're pretty good ones, Nipper. They are. It's going to take some picking apart, that lot. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, one of those is a lie. He's been very convincing. Yes. He, he has spent a bit of time with Paul Lewis, hasn't he? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, yes, we mentioned you again. Yep. He loves a mention on the podcast, Lewis. That's all right. G'day, Paul. Yep. You're out there, mate. Every time we mention his name, he's got a skull of beer. It's <laughs> okay. Oh, I'll do one for him. his first radio, wouldn't it? Yeah. I can tell a few stories about Paul, but I'll, that'll be another time. Yeah. <laughs> so your first year at the footy club, was a bit of a sort of a half a year, and you yep. and you did all right. But, yep. And then lucky enough so to have won the best and fairest that year. I, th I think they might have had a, a few blokes that uh, couldn't play footy. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and then and then the footy club in in your second year changed competitions. Nah. The new year of the BFL was it? Nineteen seventy one. That was seventy one. Was that was the last year of the whatever the league was before that? Yeah. Uh, so 72. Evelyn Hurst was it? Or, mm. Polworth? Jarman or Polworth. So that was 70. Yeah, 70 was the first year, which yeah. was, I think both years were uh, Polworth. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. And then and then into the Ballerine. That's right, yeah, and, in 72. Yeah. yeah. And then on my understanding is that that year we had a terrific year and missed out in the finals and didn't quite get there. No, 70, 71 that was because yeah. there, 71 was we had a guy coaching, you know, he coached 70 and 71, Phil Mullins. Yeah. yeah. As, as I said before, one of the probably nicest fellas and probably one of the 
better coaches you could come across. He just knew how to treat people. And he was very unlucky that we we went through the year in 71. I think we went through undefeated. Yeah, I think And we that's... got beaten in both the, the mm, finals. Yeah, and he, he was pretty upset about that, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, And then, you know, the rest is history. Then we had... He was the one that did all the, the hard work in... He yeah. made Gary Hamer look good. Really. <laughs> no, yeah. not really. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gary's a good... Oh, thank you, mate. Yeah. yeah, Phil was obviously a very good football coach. He's also a good cricket coach too because he coached the cricket club for quite some time as well. Not too sure what he's up to at the moment, but he was managing some... in Sydney, managing some Sydney Swans footballers. That's right. He was involved in, yeah. in uh, Sydney in some way, shape yeah. or form. He... Yeah. he um, he wouldn't be a young man now, though, so um, I imagine that he would have put his feet up. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. and uh, relax, but uh, yeah. we'll have to try to track him down somewhere. Yeah, well, lovely Chuka, bloke. Yeah. Yeah, Chuka was hoping to get hold of uh, Phil. Oh, for the centenary? Yeah, yeah. because of, uh, you know, the fact that he he sort of virtually started yeah. that yeah. era, and then Gary Hayman... Put all Come the, in and took over. Put all the glutes, yeah, glutes all together. It's funny you say that because my dad spoke about that in the when the about the fifty-seven grand final when, when they won the flag then and um, there was um, Norm Goddard Senior was a captain and coach and did a lot of stuff and did a lot of the training but the guy who actually coached the premiership sort of just added that little bit of polish a bloke by the name of Sonny Molden and he he sort of took all Norm's good work and. Um, got the results at the end of the day so uh, very similar set of circumstances there which was um start of a dynasty yep well i think you know like as you guys know a good coach makes players a lot better than what they what they are he, they he's they can put the you know like really put you together and yeah. you end up doing really well yeah put them in the right positions give them the lot give them the right belief and then give them a plan to work by and all of a sudden you've got a good team haven't you and treat them right yeah. yeah, well, I was just about to say, you know, they've got to know how to handle the players too, which leads me to a question that I've I've heard stories before and, you know, probably the only one that could vouch for this is you, Jono, mm-hmm. that there's folklore that on occasions you would um, just roll up to the change rooms with your wetsuit over your shoulder and your board shorts on and your surfboard under your arm, sometimes as the boys were running out onto the ground and you might have to have a pie before you did that and then joined them just as the game started? Is that something along those lines? It, it was in the early stages, but I think Gary Gary put his arm around my shoulder one day and explained to me <laughs> that it probably wasn't the best look <laughs> for all the other players. But he did it in a quiet manner. He didn't make it look like a, a fool. And uh, I just respected what he said and yeah. I, followed his, I followed the lead. You know, he used to do it behind the sheds. Yeah, he said that. Oh, he, still, he, he, he still like, did it all. But oh, I did it all, but it was behind the, the sheds. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't make it obvious. Yeah, <laughs> he, 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 the way he told the story that I heard was that yeah, John o went around the back of the sheds and had his pie and then, then came out and, and played. Yeah. And, of course, you know, like back in those days, there was no interchange, so you had to start the game. Um, it wasn't like you'll uh, sit on the bench and then come on five minutes into the game. It was straight into it, so... Uh, Obviously, it didn't affect you. Uh, no, I think it, to get upset a few of the players, you know, I think they sort of weren't too impressed in the way I went about things. You know, like sort of, that's what Gary pointed out to me. Yeah, okay. So in the end, I 
thought I better do the right thing. Yeah. And these would be the same players that would have been passing around cigarettes at quarter time, half time, and <laughs> they they were exactly. Yeah, they yeah. sit down there and they butt their cigarette at a quarter time and half time, and yeah. yeah, and they had the audacity to tell you yeah, not to, not to have your tucker before the game. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, those were the days. So you hadn't played a lot of junior footy or a lot of footy before that. Before. Yeah, yeah, I've. Uh, I don't know whether I want to go into great details about my junior footy because it probably set me up for more of a fall later on because I, I, I had all the skills. I could kick both feet, do all sorts of things, but because of the, my illness, I was a little bit light and uh, used to get knocked around a little bit. And uh, we had a coach. We, I was fortunate enough we played in two grand finals, under 15 and under 17, and I sat on the bench for both the under-15s and the, and the first under-17 grand final. And the same coach who told me that if you don't train, you don't play, he, he then said to me the second time we were in the under-17s, under I, so I was 17, uh, and by that time I'd got a, a fairly healthy body. And he then made the comment of, uh, you don't have to train. So it stuck with me all the time that, you know, don't listen to people that say if you don't train, you don't play yeah. because they, they don't carry it forward. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then when I came down, Gary, you know, Gary Hamer and Phil Mullins, they were exactly the opposite. Mm. So that's what you've got to have is a good coach who you can, you, you can respect. Yeah. Exactly. So I didn't respect my junior coach all that much. Oh, there you go. Who, what club was that with? That was West Footscray. Okay. But I had a mate who was a very, very good footballer. His dad must have realised that I had a some sort of skill because he invited me down to play at Yarraville Thirds. And uh, I think I, the first year there I was, did okay and the second year I ended up captain of the Thirds and I was fortunate enough to win their best and fairest in the Thirds and get on their senior list. But unfortunately Yarraville folded as a club. Yeah. So that, that was the yeah. reason I ended up coming down here. Any, right. any famous blokes running around there? Freddie Cook was uh, the main one that I used to see. He was like a mountain of a man. Yeah. Was he, he went, playing went, at Yarraville? He yeah. was then, yeah. and then he went to Port Melbourne. Yes. Yeah. And there was other guys like yeah, you probably wouldn't know their names of. What about what about Big Frog? Because he was at Yarraville for a time, I think. No, he came later. Later on, he came yeah. Later, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was guys in the other teams from. I played against uh, Keith Gregg. He played for. Brunswick, Brunswick and Wayne Schimmelbush, they yeah, played for Brunswick, Brunswick yeah. and Norm Goss played for Port Melbourne. Yeah. Oh, and wow. they were all blokes you'd come across along the way in yeah. the, the under-19s. Yep. 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 Wow. How did you go against them? Uh, well, Keith Gregg was a funny one because I was playing in the centre. That was my second year when I was doing OK yeah. and somebody told me he was a pretty good footballer and you know, keep an eye on him. So I I did for a little bit and then I thought, oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. And I'm all right. I said uh, within about 10 minutes, I think he had about 30 kicks and took about 30 marks. And I, I thought, oh, he's not a bad footballer. And that was the end of him. He went to North Melbourne yeah. after that. Yeah, no, he was very good. He could get around the park pretty good, couldn't he? He was, yeah. He could fly, he could run, he could do anything. Yeah. He was a good, good player. Yeah, yeah. but he, he won just as many Brownlows as you won Nash medals. So ah. there you go. <laughs> a wee bit of a difference. So you came down your first couple of years and then we've had that disappointment in the finals and then... The, those that three in a row premierships. What do you what do you remember about about that time? More not so much about the games. What do you remember about that time? About the footy club? About what was going on in the footy club? Well, that was the thing that impressed me about the the football club was the the older people that ran the club. You know, the Blyes, 
the Highlands, the, the people that were tied up with the footy club, the Watson, Cyril Watson and you know, all the families, they, there was, I know there was a little bit of money at that time, people were getting offered a little bit of money, but the most important thing was the way they looked after you. They were, they were just fantastic in those early days and that's what kept myself and all the other boys really keen because, you know, we just loved all the, the family sort of side of things. You would know, rattle off all their names. I think it was, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's hard to sort of off the tip of your tongue, but, you know, the Fry's, yeah. uh, Norma, Norma Fry, Vern Fry, mm, yeah. you know, your dad, your, you know, your yeah. mum and then, but it was the Blyes, you know, Tippy. Mm. Tippy and Ollie. Oh, oh they, yeah. they were just fantastic. And, yeah. um, Bill Antonio. Bill Antonio, Bill yeah, Antonio another one. Cool. Freddie yeah. Wilmore was another one Freddie that was tied up with the footy club, yeah. Alwyn Lindsay. Yes, yeah, Al, Al Lindsay, yeah, uh, Al Lindsay, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was, um, he was fantastic, he was yeah. Very heavily too, and you know, yeah, like like you say, it was the, um, the I suppose the power brokers of the clubs, and the kids playing footy, and you know, yeah. everyone's involved, which is, um, yeah. which, a lot hasn't changed. You know, you still see that, you know, blokes running around on the field out there, and their dads up there working behind the bar, or you know, selling yeah. raffle tickets. Yeah, you know, that's what makes country football clubs. Yeah, yep. oh, exactly. And obviously, the three premierships in a row. You played a reasonably major part in all of those grand finals. Nipper, do you, did you note down the, the goal tallies from the grand finals? I did. John O was named second best in two games and I think third best in the other game out of all of them. So it was best on ground was Hamer on the first, Marshman the second and Fry, Jeff Fry in the third. And John O was named second, second and I think third or fourth. And there was... A couple of goals that you kicked in most of them. Oh, I had to. I was so busy trying to kick the ball to Chooker. Oh well, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. 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 he could kick, he could kick straight. Yeah, he's dined out on you kicking the ball to him yeah. a few times. I can tell you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. He he does acknowledge it. He does. It, there's one thing about Chooky, he pays credit where it's due. He said his his job was pretty easy because he just let. Stand on the goal line until one of you you or Watto had the ball, and then he'd run. Yeah. And then you'd knock him. Well, he, he knew when to lead. Chooker, he's a lot of blokes, they go before, they go late, but he, yeah, he just knew, he just knew when, when to actually it. move. He could read the game pretty he well. Could. He could. Was, he, was, he was amazing the way he could read the game and set things up. Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned John O before, like, you know, as a young bloke, you worked on your skills and you became good. I remember playing with you as a young bloke and it was hard to distinguish whether you were actually a left foot or right footer. You just naturally went on your left foot. Or naturally went on your right foot, whatever whatever the occasion meant. Did you, it was was it something you really worked on as a young bloke? Yeah, it was as a kid. My favourite footballer was uh, Bobby Skilton. Mm, yeah, uh, you young blokes mightn't remember Bobby Skilton, yeah, but anyway, yeah, right, he could kick absolutely. left and right foot, and that was the one thing I noticed. You know, smaller people, yeah. if they could go both ways, yeah. it made it a lot easier. And yeah. I didn't have a footy when I was a kid, but I used to be able to kick. Paper footies through doorways and yeah. <laughs> ah, the paper footy. Yeah. We used to take them to school, you know, paper footies, get them confiscated by the nuns. But that's how we learnt to kick left yeah. and right foot. I heard a yeah. heard a conversation, I think it was on the could have during the week of about Billy Baxter took his paper footy to the Geelong Footy Club and, and got Billy Goggin to sign it. <laughs> <laughs> that's un, that's unique. Because yeah. I think I don't know, I mean, I don't know whether it's a dying art or not, but I used to love watching you play and kick left and right footed 
So I wanted to be like you, so I practiced my left and right foot as much as I could. And um, I've instilled it into my young bloke that you need to be able to do something with the ball when you're stuck on the other side of your body. Mm. And uh, he, he's quite confident enough to get on it as well now. So when you see him running around for Bowenheads this year, yep. you've had an influence on his skills. And my boy too. It's amazing how often when you go to your wrong side, if you're confident enough to go there, it'll open up for you to go back to the other side and kick it with your, yeah. with your natural foot anyway because they don't expect you to go that way. No, it's probably one of the greatest assets I reckon playing footy is to you know, be able to do yeah, things on both sides because you get, you're not committed either either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. The thing yeah. I remember about you, John Owen, you, you were the first player I ever saw do this and it's a feature of AFL footy now, although they are they did sort of change the rules a little bit to stop it being so effective. You were the first player I ever saw who, when he got into a pack, put his hands above his head with the football in his hands. So that when you got tackled, you could bring your hands back down and still have both hands free to handball the ball. Was that a was that a thing that you that you worked on, or did it just was it just a natural thing you didn't think about? Uh, I probably didn't think about it much, but uh, it was probably a dangerous thing to do at times because blokes used to give you a whack oh, in yeah, the guts get, get one yeah. if you weren't quick enough to yeah. get get the ball away. Yeah. And I distinctly remember you doing it quite a few times, picking the ball up, putting your hands above your head, letting the tackle come, and dropping your hands. And giving it off by hand, or or still being able to kick it because you had the ball in control in your hands. I just had this vision then of John O playing footy. It was at Newcomb, and it was it was really late in your career, and we were we were struggling, and we were short, and you were playing, and you could hardly run. You get you, you you know like you probably would have been faster than I am now, but. Um, yeah, it was just a little sort of shuffle around that you're doing, but you had the ball in a packet centre-half forward. And exactly as Teddy described, the arms went up over the head and the hips were just going like you had a hula hoop around you and nobody could tackle you. And then a little opportunity opened up and you just swung around, just through the opening, passed it off to a teammate and the teammate ran off with it. And, uh, and I thought, God, that was, I was standing there. I probably should have been in there helping you out or asking for the ball, but I was just standing there admiring the skill. Do you remember the celebrations and what happened in the, in the footy club after those premierships? Was it a massive thing for oh, the it's town? It was pretty, and pretty the, big, the, the, especially the first year. It was yeah. you know, extremely big. I, I don't have a great recollection of, of a lot of things, but I just know... Everybody was a bit ecstatic, and the big, it was a big night, yep. big couple of days. Would have been. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sort of, but we, yeah, we, I think we were pretty confident of ourselves you know, those first few years that we won those grand finals. You know. Well, that was my next question. What, what was the feeling around those teams? Were you nervous and apprehensive about games or, or, or about winning finals and winning your way through, or was it something that you just expected? And I th- I'm pretty certain that we were pretty confident of getting the work done, but we'll... Also, especially with Marshy playing, and there was a few of us blokes that you know may have had a target on us, and and uh, if the person didn't you know, make a, if they didn't fix you up in the first few minutes of the, if they tried and they missed, Marshy would always be there to help you out. And Marshy was a, a, a unbelievable bloke to have in your footy team because yeah. he was a he was the protector. Yeah. No one had ever go at you twice. Because mm. Marshy, they wouldn't have a second chance. Mm. That was Marshy. He just sorted them out. He did, yes, yes, in a quiet manner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was also a very good player. You know, like 
skillful, his amazing drop kicks and <clears throat> strong mark. Wasn't pushed off the ball very easily. Yeah, he was a, He was certainly a, a terrific guy, guy that um, was really intent on looking after the young blokes in the, in the footy club. But out in the field, he was a... He was a bit of a dynamo, wasn't he? He was scary. He, I, I think he'd get out of his... I think Cornsey tells a story. Once he got out of his way, he was scared to play again. He was scared to play in the same side as Marshy because <laughs> Marshy would run over the top of you. Yeah, oh, yeah. You played a lot of golf with Marshy too, didn't you? No, nah, I didn't play much golf with Marshy. Marshy mainly played at um, Elko Park and oh, you know, down that area. Right. Yeah, yeah. I played with Trev. Yeah. Trev and I. Trev got me into golf. Well, not so much Trevor, but you know, I, once I joined the fire brigade, I started playing, and Trevor helped. Yep. Because he was a gun golfer. What was he not a gun at? He was <laughs> That's right, he was good at everything, Trevor. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly right. Yeah. So we, we'll, we'll talk briefly about Trevor. Trevor, you spent a fair bit of time with Trevor, didn't you? You were pretty good mates. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it, people around our footy club remember Trevor from the times when he played at, at the club, and he was, he was around the town, and people knew him. So... Yeah, I mean, you said a lot of people won't know Trevor earlier on, but I reckon a lot of people do remember him from his time around the place. What what sort of a fellow was he? Oh, an amazing bloke. He, he was just friendly to everybody, but the thing most people didn't know how good he was at sport. Yeah. Because being a good musician, you don't yep. expect somebody to play uh, be as, as good at sport. He played his first game for Barwon Heads in the seniors. I think it was when Newcomb... Oh, yeah. First came yep, into yep. the competition. I think he kicked five goals. Oh, wow. But as I told Trevor, I said, well, we won by 45 goals. But, yeah. Yeah. but he did. He could, But he didn't play much after that because he was worried about his fingers. Oh. Yeah, because you know, he, 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 he played piano a lot. Yes. Yep. And, uh, and he used to, I think it was his hamstring he used to pull all the time. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, he, he didn't yep. play a great deal of footy, but he could play. He's a very good tennis player. I, I played Excellent. quite a bit of tennis. With him, I, I, we used to have a club championship up there and um, it was a seeded championship and you used to have to play it over a number of weeks. And um, I was about 17 or 18. I, I could play a little bit. And uh, so I got, I got Trevor in the first round. I was, and we only had to play one set and I was very happy to get three games off him. I managed to hold my own serve three times and he beat me 6-3, but he could really play tennis. Yeah. Oh, he was a good snooker player, good table tennis player. Yeah. And he, because he and I weren't fanatical on our cricket, I was, before I came down to here, I was more of a cricketer than a footballer. Yes. But uh, Trevor and I got roped into playing uh, in the bees a few times. I used to laugh at Trev because he and I used to go, I used to open bat or go in first drop and Trevor would come in and he had the best defence, but he never knew how to, he, he wasn't a, a dashing player. Uh, oh, really? He'd stay in for ages. He, Jeff Poycott, he was. He was yeah, a Jeff oh, Poycott okay. of Bowen Heads. Oh. But you, you couldn't get him out of because he had a massive, a beautiful defence. Yeah. He always seemed a bit flamboyant, Trev. Yeah. Oh, he's very stylish defensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah. stylish The big moustache and the so, long blonde hair. Oh, he, you know, he had a, one of those flowing defence yeah. shots. The tennis team he was in at Barwon Heads one year was, it, it was like the dream team. It was him, David Osborne, a little fella called Paul Jones, who mm-hmm. was a little bloke with a, a little a school teacher, I think, with Trev. Yeah. Buddy. Buddy, yeah. And the girls were Rhonda Sutcliffe, Deb Gogle, and Jan True. Yeah. Oh. So oh, there, was some, there was something in that team for everybody, wasn't there? Yes. <laughs> was yes. that, people used to love to come down and play, no. and play bow and heads. Yeah. Women and the men. Um, I'm pretty sure that Starry and Trevor 
p- played together at the footy club. At the footy at, club, at, yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. As a super band. Like, I think yep. they, they called themselves something like the super band or something because Starry had a band and Trevor had a band and yeah. they got oh. together and it was a phenomenal night. It was just... They were great nights. The place yeah. would be packed and... Yeah, fundraising nights, they were great. Yeah, yeah they were yeah, fantastic. They went on forever. Yeah, saw him a few times at the Queen's Head and he was he was terrific. And when, when he passed away, I went, went and listened and, to a few of his uh, YouTube things and I'd forgotten how great a singer. He was a good singer too. He wasn't just a good player. He could sing. Yes. Yeah, yeah really good. Yeah. yeah, well, he used to play, at, as I said, at the Queen's Head. Yep. Uh, he, he's like... His main claim to fame was his surfing prowess. He used to go out in the biggest waves and uh, get absolutely smashed wow. you know, in the biggest waves and then come up with a big smile all over his face. <laughs> and we had a, a ball up in Noosa when yeah. we... It was probably one of the reasons I went up there. You know, they were up there a couple yeah. of years before us and we went up there and uh, we used to play golf. We used to always wonder what the millionaires were doing. We'd play <laughs> golf every day and uh, surf as much as we could and play golf. Yeah. Oh, and he, he played competition in tennis as well up there. Mm. Yeah. While you're in Noosa, you're up there for a fair while. Your boys pretty much grew up up there. Yep. Did you have any involvement in footy up there? Yeah, the, I coached the... That was probably... If you want to know, I reckon my greatest achievement was yeah. coaching the... I, used to, I coached the under-12s because Nathan... Uh, at that time, Noosa didn't have much of... There wasn't many numbers of people yeah, playing yep, AFL. Yep. But uh, so I got involved then and then I coached the under-14s and I'm not the the most disciplined and Aryan kind of fellow and uh, I had a ragtag tag bunch of guys. They were a bit rough and tumble, but we were fortunate enough that we won the under-14 grand final and those same kids... From you know, the under-14s through the under-18s, yep. there wasn't a year go by that they didn't win a grand final. I oh, didn't wow. coach them yep. after the second year of under-14s because I, you know, like, uh, I wasn't hard enough on yep. them. But it set the, they, they were just a great bunch and that was my you know, yeah. most, most fun I had with football. Yeah. Seeing kids that, yep. and not saying to them, if you, don't, if you don't train, you don't play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, so, you just gave them a bit of hope and let them enjoy themselves. So you were the Phil Mullins yeah. and the Possibly. other blokes came in as the Gary Hamer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah more or less. Uh, they, they were just a great bunch of kids that, that had, you know, because football wasn't much of a, a thing up there, but then yeah. it became pretty big. Mm. Yeah. And they just went on and you'll have to have a chat to Ecky. You know, like yeah, we've had a chat to Ecky. Yeah. About the under-18 grand final up there. It's, 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 it's a legendary game in the year. I think it was 2002, right. if I can remember rightly. But you know, I think you're better off going with Ecky about that one. We'll have to get some uh, info on that, that uh, ended up a, That was a, quite a classic. It was probably of all the grand finals you'd get involved in, it was the most entertaining Yeah. in more ways than one. Oh, really? <laughs> well, Nipper and I interviewed him. I think we asked him the question we asked you was, how did you end up at the footy club? Yep. And then we asked him... Uh, if, if he was ready to finish pretty much because <laughs> he just it was like starting to f- pulling the string on a lawnmower once we got him going I think, it, I think it was about 25 minutes into it and I'd asked him three or four questions <laughs> He's a funny and he man. said and he said to Teddy I can't hear you but there was no connection it yeah. was on online and yeah. uh, oh, he's a yeah. funny man but, um, yeah. it was it that was that was actually funny that he yeah. said that yeah, no, um, yeah. So it's interesting it's interesting Jono that you said 
that that was the most fun you ever had in footy because my remember my memories of you is that and and your attitude to turning up at at the games eating your pie and that was that you did it fun yeah that's you, you weren't doing it for the serious bit you were doing it for the fun yeah it was a game like to me it was, it, it's a game you, 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 like if your skills are, are up to scratch and you know you, the aim is to probably be win but if you lose well you, if you go out there and try your hardest and you, you you're putting your best effort well if you lose it's just so it's just the way the cookie crumbles yeah exactly and uh, you know to get take it all too serious unfortunately a lot of people these days do take football too serious did you have people chasing you to go and play more serious footy Gary Haim, uh, he went into, uh, I think he was the assistant coach or the reserves coach in Geelong. Yeah. And uh, I went in there and uh, as I said to him after the first training night, I said, oh, it's a little bit too hard a training for me, mate. <laughs> so yeah, that was about about it for me. I, yeah. I got a funny feeling he coached the Geelong reserves premiership team in 75 he did because yeah. i looked up his uh records the other day there you go. and he uh he was in line to be the senior coach at Geelong. that's right and they gave it to rod olsen rod olsen yeah, that's right yeah. yeah alan fry told us the same yeah same i looked at it and I, I had a you know a bit of a gander through his profile and yeah. he, I, as far as gary goes he was just probably you know by far and away the, you know, like even though Phil was a good coach, Phil yeah. Mullins and Gary was just so good because he, he just knew how to treat everybody. We had a ragtag bunch of blokes at Barwon Heads, you know, they were different yeah. people, some were serious locals, surfers, and yeah, yeah. sewerage workers. Yes, and, and he just knew how to put his arm around, you know, anybody yeah. and explain to them. And he used to take the, you know, he really used to roar a couple of people up, but he, he just knew who to roar up and who not to roar up. Yeah. And that's just a skill. People person. He's a great guy, Gary. I, yeah, I, see, yeah, yep. I used to see him. His grandson was playing soccer over at Ocean Grove with my sons, and um, and he used to come every Saturday and watch yeah. his grandson play soccer. And I used to sit on the end and, and chat with him. And, and we never chat, never spoke about Barwon Heads, never spoke about footy. We just talked about other stuff, and he was, he was great. Great company. Good, good guy. So, Jono... You played against some pretty... In your era... I didn't take much notice. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Yeah, moving that, along. Yeah. That, no, <laughs> in your era, there were some pretty good... There were some pretty good players playing ballerine footy in those days. And, yeah. and if you go to the different clubs, you see their names up on the honour board. And, we, and Nipper and I maybe caught a bit of them at the end of their careers or we know the legends of them and people at their clubs speak of him in awe. Who, who were the guys that, that were around Ballerine that you sort of used to think, oh, need to be on my game here, I'm going to play against this bloke? <laughs> I didn't really think much about it, to yeah, be no, per- you- too perfectly honest. I, but there were two blokes, they were really good friends of mine. One was John Sandlands, yeah. who played for Port Arlington, yep. yep. and the other one was Dougie Stevenson, who played for... Dougie Lynch. would have to be by Lynch. far and away the best footballer I yeah. ever came across. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doug was just so he, skillful. He had a couple of games at Geelong too. I think. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. sure, but he, he yeah, was just one sure. hell of a nice fella. Yeah. And same, but I was more focused on on the on the blokes you could go somewhere after the game with. Yeah, oh, really? And, yeah. and John was one of them. We, yeah. He, Phil Sarah, Hooker Renfrey, yeah. after when we played Port Arlington, when Hooker was playing at, yeah. uh, at Port, Port, we would end up at Hooker's mum's place. And it would go on for a couple of days, you know, like, and same at Winchelsea, we'd go down there and uh, Dougie would take us out to a, 
He used to call a place called Chinatown. I, th- oh, I, yeah? I was, yeah. ver- I was very naive. Yeah. You know, like in the yeah. Chinatown wasn't of Chinese people. No, it was right. Chinatown was another place. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've heard of Chinatown in Winchelsea. Yeah, I got a bit of a shock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's as far as I'll go. But lovely bloke, Doug Stevenson. Ah, oh, great, great I, fella. I caught up with him a couple of years ago at a cricket reunion, and yes. just one of the blokes like yourself that you just love spending time with. Yeah. yeah, and the other guy from was another guy from Winch was um, uh, Harves Harvey. Uh, well, I used to call him Harves. I'm not too sure what his last name was, but he could play football. But he was Laurie? a Kerry. That was his. That was his uncle. That was his uncle. Good. Yeah, that was Neil. Laurie. Laurie. Laurie's a bit of a scatterbrain. Mm, yeah, uh, Harves was a bit of a, a character. Yeah, I He was at Winch, and then he. Yeah. You know, but that, that was the sort of blokes that I. I I, I Gabbert Warren and those guys could play football, but. Uh, yeah, you didn't have a great deal to do with them after you played footy, so mm. I, I preferred the fellows that you could go and have some fun with. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, good. Yeah. I, no, I, was, I was actually asking the question more about the about what happened on the field, but yeah, that's a great answer. <coughs> you, you, you weren't worried about the, what the opposition was doing on the field. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> that probably says something about your footy, Jono, that you didn't have, probably have to. Oh, I'm not too sure. Maybe I, I should have. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, that's right. And um, and what about the guys that you played footy with? You mentioned Jeff Fry in passing and um, and Chuka, obviously. Oh, but that whole of the those three premiership teams, you know, like Peter Lindsay and mm. you know, well Terry didn't play in the three of them, but he could have. But and the, uh, Johnny Fry and Alan Fry. Alan Fry was a character. He, it was funny to play football with. But yeah, you didn't lead out, to Alan. Uh, you, you weren't too sure where the ball was going to go, yeah. but as hard as nails. He, he was just one hell of a good bloke to play footy with. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. all those guys, and Johnny Gray, who was an underrated yeah. pecky, as they yeah. called him. Mm. A, very a underrated. A little he, Ruckman, wasn't he? He was. He, he wouldn't have been six foot, I don't think, if he yeah. was six foot. Yeah. He, he was good. Mm. Yeah. But just a good bunch. And Jack Evans, yeah. you just rattle off. A lot you know, of you people. still catch up together. I was going to say, you're still yeah. mates with a lot of those yeah. guys, aren't you? Still yeah, we still... Very many years well, Every later. time I get a chance to you know, see Jack, it's great to catch up with Jack. And mm. I think Chooker keeps up with Marshy and... Yeah, quite a few of those guys. Yeah, so, yeah. It's I 50th, see Chuckle all the time. 50th anniversary of that first premiership this year. So that's right. In the 100th anniversary of the club, so it's um, pleasing that you still spend as much time with the, with those fellas as you did back then, and the, and the footy club has brought you together and and kept kept you in that uh, in that friendship group. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's that's the good part about footy. You know, like sort of. Especially when like guys like Chooker is interested in surfing, so he yeah. Chooker still loves his surfing. Yeah, which you know, obviously you play with your mates and you stay mates with them for a long time. Which brings me to the hard-hitting, maybe controversial question. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the move to Anglesey. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a tough one because yeah, I suppose I've got to sort of talk myself up a little bit before I go into that because well, everyone would have been chasing it everyone would have well, wanted not, to not play. really what happened is I joined the fire brigade in 1977 and uh, Dave Goddard was he can remember that my ankle breaking when I played footy at uh, Newcomb yep and I I don't know who coached the I'd like to know who coached the, the footy club in 1977 because when I broke my ankle I, I was pretty keen though I think they were going to get into the finals and so I went up to Queensland and I swam every day and I got really, really fit. And I came back and I 
had to play in the seconds, they said, before I, you know, I played one game in the seconds at Port Arlington. Mm. And uh, they said, if I play in the seconds, you know, I should play in the seniors. And anyway, I probably had about 50-odd touches in the, in, the, in the seconds, so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll get into the seniors. But the next week, I didn't get a game. And I was a bit miffed about it a little bit, I suppose, because, uh, you know, at that stage, I'd won a few things at Barwon Heads, and I thought, oh, OK. But then the same thing happened the next year. I broke my ankle again. You remember the name Howard Smith? He was coaching in 77, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and anyway, they... Yeah, he didn't coach in 78, though. Yeah, but... but and so what happened is when I did my ankle again in 78, I decided not to play football at all. Yep. I, was, I was just happy to walk away. You know, that was just the way I felt at the time. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, And David Whedon, I was with my, yeah. my wife, Virginia. Yep. Her and I were... Together at uh, in Punt Road in Bowen yeah. Heads and uh, David Whedon and his Anglesey cohorts, yeah. Ian Coles, his name was. Yeah, I know Colesy very well. They popped around and David, another guy who you you know he's he's, he's he such a good coach, such a good yeah. person. Yeah. And he explained to me what they were trying to do at Anglesey, because Anglesey were the easy beats at the time. Yep. And he just wanted to get a couple of players together and. Uh, try and make Anglesey a, a bit of a better team for the next few years. So I yeah, I didn't want to leave Barwon Heads, but I thought, oh, for the last couple of years, they haven't, you know, things didn't go all that well, mm. you know, in my opinion, because mm. I don't know what, you, know, you, you edit this or whatever, but I, I'd won five club best and fairest and two league best and fairest in six or seven years, and they didn't give me a game, mm. and I, I was as fit as a fiddle. And uh, so I was a little bit disappointed. So as I said, I, I'd given away football then. And, yeah. But I but, uh, went there for two years. Or, and uh, I knew uh, my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. You know, I, I was a Barwon Heads person you know, as far yeah. as football went. So I came back and Choco Welch was coaching Barwon Heads at the time. Yep. Great fella. Mm. You know, so I came back and enjoyed those last couple of years. And that's when I played with you guys. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, so I wanted, David Weedon was a, a very good footballer oh, at yeah. his time. But he played... Collingwood? He did, yeah. 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 Skillful footballer. He, yeah. he had. You can blame him for this switching of the football, because right. that's when he, when he came to Anglesey. He his plan was he, he said to me because I can kick a football. He said you, you kick the ball out from full back. And he said kick it to that person and you receive the ball back. Yeah. And he had all these drills to go one side to the other side. Yeah. And my theory was well, we've only got about five people in this team that can kick a football that goes anywhere near a player. Yeah. And I said it's not going to work. And uh, so that was the thing. If you've got 18 skillful players, it was a good drill. So he was ahead of his time, Dave. He, he was a mate of Johnny Druce's at some point because mm. Johnny Druce got him down to take us training one night at under-17s yep. at Barwon Heads. And he was, we're talking about kicking on your left. Yep. I remember him saying to the, all of the boys, you don't have to be proficient to kick on your, you just have to be able to kick it round your body and saying, get it yep. and yeah. get it along the line. So if you're running towards a boundary line, you just need to get it forward. Mm. If you can do that, you, you're going to be a better player. You know, as I said, he was way ahead of his time, Dave. Yeah. Oh, he went on to you know, be assistant coach, yeah, I think, at Geelong, coach, Essendon, Geelong. Carlton, yeah. Richmond, I think. I'm yeah, not sure. He was, he was at a lot, a lot he's still tied up with footy now. Mm. Yeah, mm. not 100% where, but I'm pretty certain yeah. he's still caught up as a. Coach's coach, oh, right, I yeah. think. Yeah. But I'll have to get hold of him and 
bring him along to a bow and heads function yeah. at some stage. Yeah. We've been going over an hour, Nip. That's, that's good. I reckon we might go to the um, two truths and a lie now. You can't handle the truth! Yeah. And you and I might want just uh, work our way through these. No, I've got it. You reckon, you've, you've already got, got it, it, have you? You know the truth, do you? Yep. All right, so we'll just talk. We'll just you know the lie, I should say. (laughs) We'll just work the listeners through it. So we can't tell lies. uh, (laughs) I don't know how to. Jono, Jono ran away from the Christian Brothers School, took off to Benalla, and ended up in the station master's office. And he spent the night. Where'd you spend the night? At the station at the uh, signal. What they they, you probably don't even know what they they are these days. They're a signal box. Yeah. Was there a bedroom there? They had a big open fire. Oh, okay. Yeah, big open fire and a sort of a man there to cook sausages for breakfast. In Benalla? In Benalla. Yeah, right on the railway line. <laughs> and so you've, you've ended up there. Um, your English and Latin, you've ended up very good at because you ran away from school again and yep. went to a library. No, no, I spent the time at Spencer so Street at Railway Spencer Street reading books. That was the old railway was, station. Was yeah. it not, a, not in the library, just reading books at the book stands? No, yeah. no, no, no. I just sit, Reading your when, own books? When everybody was catching... The trains. I was sitting down re- reading, reading the school books. And you got front teeth knocked out mm-hmm. when you, when you jumped a fence and hit your mate's heel. Yep, that's correct. All right, so. Gone. I wrote as he was <coughs> saying it. I wrote down bullshit on the Latin. But I don't. What I reckon happened was, maybe this is my guess. Now I've changed my mind. I reckon those blokes caught up with you and you lost your teeth because they beat. They give you a snotting. And you didn't hit you, hit it on the bloke. So I, st- I reckon all those three things probably happened, but that's the that's the lie. I reckon if you had have gone to Benalla, they would have put you on the next train and sent you straight back home. I don't reckon you spent the night in Benalla. I did. We, we, I, 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 we were in a hollow tree at one stage. We slept in a hollow tree <laughs> in Benalla. You coming home. Yeah, I did. And I did. I had an auntie that lived in Seymour, and uh, unfortunately, the <coughs> year before, uh, her son, which was I think in 19, or it could have been a couple of years before, uh, was on the Voyager, which oh, really? which um, got hit by the Melbourne Melbourne yeah. in at Jervis Bay, yeah. and myself. That's why we ended up in Benalla, is because uh. this kid and I we went to her place in Seymour and because I knew no one would be home. But anyway, they came home and we hid under the bed and his name was Ernest. And when she came in, I can still remember her, because she knew somebody was there and she kept yelling out for Ernest. And I felt that oh. small, that bit, you know, I felt horrible. Because oh, I was like the, the dead son that was under the bed sort of thing. And yeah. I'm thinking, oh, she's... So he came out and that's why we kept on going to Benalla. So we did end up in Benalla, yes. Right, okay. So that's a, that's a truth. So is Teddy right? Yeah, he is actually. He's sort of he's right, but it, we I didn't know how to tell a lie properly. <laughs> but but it was, not the worst we've had. No, we we this guy I knocked around with all the time. Uh, he and I were heading around. There was a milk bar around the corner. They used to sell these cheap milkshakes, and we were coming back from there. And there was about half a dozen guys, and one of them happened to be. Uh, you, you guys will remember his last name was Bird. I'll dob him in because his his brother played uh, basketball for oh, yeah. yeah pretty high up. But there was a about Larry. half a yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what his first his yeah. brother, but it was his brother. This guy was Larry Bird. 
He played for the Boston Celtics. I've got no one. He came from the Western Suburbs. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> it was his, his brother and they, they, were, they were ripping apart a, a telephone box. They Back in those days, it was those red telephone boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we didn't even do anything. We just sort of looked sideways <clears throat> and they jumped out of the telephone box. And uh, as they jumped out of the telephone box, this guy I was with, he took off like a, a jackrabbit because he could run. <laughs> and I thought I could be tough and I could fight. But... I threw a few punches and we were there and I'd sort of look sideways to find out where he'd gone. Yeah. And as I looked sideways, that was the end of my teeth. Oh, bang. And I had to come and tell my dad because I had you know, beautiful teeth and I had to go and tell my dad I ran into you know, somebody else's fence or brick <laughs> feet or something like that. Oh, so that's I the story you told your dad. So I your, your I, two truths and a lie, that lie's been going on for 50-odd years. I, I told my dad that, and he believed that until, uh, yes, the only people oh. that knew about it were the, you know, Virginia knew, <laughs> and a few there of my friends go. knew. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, so I lost him in a fight, yeah, unfortunately. So that's well picked, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. I was going to go with that, but I thought I don't want us both to go for the same thing. Okay. Which which actually brings me to the next thing, Nippo. What did you learn today? We learned more from a three-minute record than we ever learned in school. Oh, I don't know, Teddy. Well, I just learned that because I didn't know that. I got that wrong. Probably what I learned today, Teddy, is actually why John O went to Anglesey. But, but can you tell me what you learned? And then while you're telling, I'll think of something. Well, what I learned is that Jono's good at English and Latin and got good marks at school. Yeah. Even though he didn't go to school, he yeah. still managed to get good marks at school because he was studious at the station because he was a bit of a train spotter as a kid. I was a very good reader. He was a good reader. Yeah. You still reading a good books. reader? Love, love, reading, reading? love reading books, yes. Yeah, what are you yeah. reading at the moment? What's uh, Trent Dalton's. Yeah? Yeah, like uh, I've just read Boy Swallows Universe. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's the one I've just finished reading. I'm... I'm just going to get hold of a couple more books and yeah, read them. So, are you a, a, a fiction reader or a, a non-fiction reader, or just anything you can get your hand on? Uh, yeah, sort of. I don't mind a bit of mystery fiction oh, you know, or mystery go. fact. Yeah. Know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of mm. true crime and well, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, if you look at Trent Dalton's books, his, mm. his books and Tim Winton, yeah, another yeah. one, yeah. they yep. sort of elaborate the truth a little bit, but they do yeah. tell things about their lives. Yeah. Oh, that's the sort of books I like, yeah, like okay. to read. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I miss about Trevor Bishop. He and I used to have great conversations about, about books. About like books, everything. You know? yeah. it was just we, yeah. we, we, he, Trev, it's another thing about Trev that no, not many people knew. He was a highly intelligent bloke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. he could speak about anything. He had great political views. He had, you know, he, yeah, he had a good mind. I miss him dearly. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people like that. Yeah. Teddy, what I reckon I've learnt today is... I knew John had won two league best and fairest. I knew he'd won a couple of club best and fairest. I didn't realise that it was five of them. And on top of that, there was a couple of um, junior best and fairest along the way too at Yarraville. Yarraville and West West Footscray, yeah. How many all up do you reckon you got? Oh, I think about seven Oz. I was, uh, well, I'm up to, I'll, I'm up to I'll, nine already. I'll, I'll brag, I'll brag about that Anglesey. I, I come runner-up at Anglesey my first year at Anglesey, but that was to a, a, a guy called... He's, he's old, he still owned the Boy River Hotel. 
not for much he, longer. It's was, on the market. No, that's exactly right. He, I saw that. Billy Brownie. He was he, he was the most unlikely footballer. Oh. Yeah, you know, he, he was a university student, yeah. and he's always had the. I did, you know, didn't realise they still had the Wye River Pub, but wow. yeah, Billy, I you know, sort of made it up. He was a really lovely fellow, and he he won the best and fairest the, that first year I went there. The unlikely blokes make good footballers, John. You've yeah. just sat here and told us all about how you won nine best and fairest, and you used to turn up with a towel over your shoulder eating a pie, and. Yeah. And you didn't play footy until you were over 14 because you had a punctured lung and you were only little. Like, that's an unlikely footballer, if you, <laughs> you ask me. So, like, you, the, the career you've had and um, what you've done in footy is, is amazing from that. And, and a guy who didn't like to train much and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, there's the unlikely footballer <laughs> who could play. Can you put a plug in for a couple of people? That are, yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there's... Uh, another reason why you know, like I was really wanted to stay at Barwon Heads is, is the likes of Rory McLeod. Oh, you know, yes. Rory yeah, McLeod. Rory's one of their big listeners. You know, Rory is just a top fellow, and I was talking to uh, Barry Kittle today, yep. Yep. and Baz was saying that uh, you know Rory's he's, he's resurrected himself again. Yes, he's, he had an accident up in yeah. Queensland. Yeah. I just yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. I know you sent a cheerio to, to Rory because yeah. he, he's another hell of a yeah. nice fellow. I, I do notice in the last couple of weeks Rory's appeared back on Facebook again. Just yeah. a little comment or a little he's, like he's or something. Good. So he's coming good. I was um, chatting with um, his niece after the accident. Yeah. And um, he. Uh, for all the listeners out there that are tuning in, everyone knows Rory. If you don't, the only bloke in Bowen is who drinks Uzo. Um... He's now living up at Mossman, and of course, um, him and his great mate Tommy Donnelly, who's an old Bowenheads boy as well, were involved in a motor accident, and unfortunately, Tommy passed away as a uh, result of that. But um, Rory's niece was telling me that he he was pretty busted up. He had some broken ribs, and yeah, not in a really good way. But she said. He'll get through that, don't worry about that. It's the loss of Tommy that's probably going to be the hardest yeah. for him. So our thoughts are with you, Rory, sitting yes. up there. And uh, no doubt you'll be having a muddy water as we speak. Um, and uh, I'll never, never forget the famous... I don't know if he puts much water in it, does he? <laughs> no, the muddy water's just a coke in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the famous one was the footy trip when we went to Tasmania on the, on the uh, boat and we came off and we all decided we were going to go to the closest pub from the uh, Abel Tasman, which was the um, London Tavern down there on the water at Port Melbourne, and we walked in at about 9 o'clock in the morning. The pub was open, and the first order was for a round of drinks, and it was 16 pots and an ouzo and coke. And then the next round of drinks was 15 pots and an ouzo and coke and an orange juice. And as the shouts got on... The beers dropped off and the orange juice was picked up, but the ouzo yeah, was consistent. There was an ouzo and coke in every order. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, hope you're well. Yeah, because yeah, I just yeah, because Rory we there was Rory McLeod, there was uh, Steve Weston, Dave Myers, there was a handful of guys that we used to, you know, always come to the footy and watch the footy. And we were always called the Riff Raff. <laughs> you know, by Vern Fry and all those wow, people, and they, they used to, you know, because used to Rory and a few of the boys used to make a bit of a nuisance of themselves. But yeah. 
they kept that club going. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sort of, and they, they were just, just you know, another reason why people like me were always keen on staying there. Yeah. yeah. And we do see place. you come. You come to a lot of home games now. We, you, yep. you, you've been uh, been at quite a few home games in the last few years. The um, the boys. What do, what do you think about the current team? Oh, the the, the skill level is pretty good. I, I don't know much. They they like because you don't have much to do with the players, but uh, the, the skill level is pretty good. You know, like uh, it, it's it's well. I think everybody. I don't know whether they do take it serious, but everybody seems to take football serious. So yeah. that that to me is a bit off-putting. Yeah. Um, you know, rather than they probably do enjoy themselves, but it sort of seems to be all full on. Yeah, yeah, it looks like do. that from the outside. Well, I know a few of the, I know yeah. a few of those blokes, and they're not taking it that serious. They're well, still having, the, their, yeah. they're still having a bit of fun. Well, I speak to Bobby Wallace a few times, yeah. and he's, he's, he's a hell of a nice fella. Oh, he's, a he's another, guy. what I'd call a legend at the footy club. Oh, oh, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah. 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 Did, did you have other people you wanted to say hello to, Jono? You said you Kenny Mack, which I don't see much of. I don't know whether he gets involved in everything. Kenny McClellan. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing He and his brother. Norm? Came down. Yeah, Norm, unfortunately, he died a few years back. Yeah. But, yeah, Kenny, he and I don't see a great deal of each other these days, but he's, he was a one of those blokes that you love playing footy oh, with. Yeah. And he just used to give you the biggest bear hugs when he'd see you. Yeah, yeah. so I made sure I never shook his hands. Yeah. Because he'd break your hand Big when hands. he shook it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good water polo, polo oh, player. Yeah. 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 Well, Jono, thanks very much for coming along. Not, not just for coming along tonight, but for... Your contribution to our footy club over 50 years, it, it's been phenomenal. As a, pl- as a player, you were... We talk about the best player that's ever played at the footy club. Your name comes up in every conversation about Pretty that. Much. There's there's, a, there's other names around as well, and there'll never be total agreement on it, but there'll always be agreement on the fact that you're one of them. Obviously, your record as far as best and fairest go at the club, your record in finals in those premierships is pretty uh, pretty good as well. From my point of view, and I know Nipper has spoken about this, uh, as, as a young player coming up, and we didn't play a lot of footy with you, but you were around the, the footy club when we were there, the in- level of encouragement that you gave to us was fantastic because we idolised you as kids, and we still do a bit, but we idolised you as kids and for, to get into a, into a situation where... The blokes you idolise are encouraging you and giving you pats on the back and telling you that you can do this and and that you're up to this and that sort of thing is something that young men. I don't know when you if you at the time when you're doing it and even at, as it, at the time when it's happening as a young man you don't think about what it's going to mean for you for your life nah. forty years along the track. But I know that guys like you and Chucky and Alan Fry. Kenny Mack, those blokes that you've spoken about gave me enormous encouragement as a young man and is one of the reasons why I love the footy club. So personally for me, thanks for that. I remember you once sat standing around chatting, I reckon Cornsey and somebody else was there and we were, I don't know why, but the subject of taking drugs came up and I remember you saying, I'll never forget this, I don't even see the point of it. If I ever want to get a high, I just grab my surfboard and go down and have a wave. Or I pick the ball up in a pack and I kick a goal. And, and I get all the thrills I need out of that. And I always thought that held me in good stead. Like, that was a fantastic thing to say. And for a young man, I was 17 or 16 or 17 when I heard that, that was something that I thought, yeah, 
it's great that a guy who's as good as footy as he is gets such a thrill out of the things that he does. And, and um, it's clear that you do and it's clear that you have over a very long time and you played it for fun. And um, it's been fantastic to have you on the show. So thanks very much. No, thank you. I, I hope I've contributed without uh, you know, sort of uh, trying to sing my own praises too much. Oh, well, it's what, this is what it's all about. I just Nipper and I are much better than we actually were when we I, talk about uh, it in the past. I but just I had a, a flashback to a memory when you're talking about Jono being influential. And Jono, I'm going to ask you one question. You don't have to answer this. Mm-hmm. How old are you? 72. 72. So I'm guessing when you were a 49 or 50 year old, just before the turn of the century, I attended a wedding just out of Noosa that you attended as well. Um, your sister-in-law, Rachel Watson, married, I was going to say a young lad, but he's, he is, Sam, Sam Ladd. Ladd. <laughs> uh, young, a young fellow called Sam Ladd. And the... They got married at Boreen Point, just north of Noosa. That's right. And the reception was at a pub called the Apollonian Hotel. That's correct. Famous old pub that was picked up and moved from Gympie many, many years ago. It's a great pub. You got, if you go to Noosa, you've got to go out there and have a look at this pub. It's, it's fantastic. But rolling lawns and rustic outlook and that sort of thing. And, of course, Victorians in Queensland at a wedding with rolling lawns Lo and behold, the footy comes out. And we're all having a kick of footy out there, you know, in our Sunday best. And John O at 49 still had it. Still had it. I was, it was past me well and truly by that stage. And I would have been 34 or something. <laughs> uh, but no, John was still picking up kicks and sidestepping around some young bloke who was wanted to tackle him and then just... In his wedding shoes? Yeah, everything, <laughs> yeah, the whole lot. And, you know, just... I'm a thongs on. Yeah, I'm a thongs on too. That's the other it's thing... pretty relaxed That's wedding, the other thing Victorians do in, in <laughs> Noosa, isn't it? Yeah, well, well John, I was a local up there. Yeah, up right, there that's then. right. Uh, well, so was I. I was in Brisbane, so... But um, it was... Uh, I just... I'll never forget that day. And I thought, oh, what a great afternoon just having a kick of the footy at a wedding in Queensland with one of your old teammates. So uh, yeah. it was a, uh, a lasting memory that I will uh, forever keep, which is good. And as Teddy said, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you. As always. Yeah, the footy's still in the back of the ute. <laughs> <laughs> the, footy, the footy, the cricket bat, the golf clubs and, and a couple of tennis <laughs> rackets. They're sitting uh, in the back of the ute fantastic. to be used. So if you're at, se- at 72 and you haven't lost it, good. Yeah. That's fantastic. No, it's good. something you've always had. Mate. Thanks very much. We'll see you at the footy on Saturday, probably. And thanks so much for coming along. And, and um, it's been a real pleasure. And, and we're very privileged to have you. So thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Have you got anything to say, Nipper? I'm ready to say. We'll do it now. Ladies and gentlemen, pick up your ass, pick up your glass, stop your talking and start your walking. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Cheerio. Absolute gentleman, a pleasure to chat with, 
a great friend, a great mentor, a great encourager. One of the great men of our football club. He paid great tribute to his friend Trevor Bishop, whose music you heard throughout the episode. Thanks, Dennis, for being with us. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And time is called and we must piss off. <laughs>